0: Hello and welcome to the Classical Guitar LP's podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Powell. For this episode, we'll be listening to a really great record of two Rodrigo concertos. The first, on side one, is the Concierto Madrigal. Uh, On side two is Fantasia para un gentil Hombre. And so we're treated by the guitar playing of the Romero's, Pepe is on both of these sides, but it's Pepe and Angel Romero doing Concierto Madrigal. And then, as we flip over to side two, it'll just be Pepe playing Fantasia para un gentil hombre. They are accompanied by the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields, and Sir Neville Mariner is conducting. And so again, for today's episode, this is a Phillips record, 6514295 from 1975. Rodrigo, Concierto Madrigal. And Fantasia para un gentil Hombre. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Classical Guitar LP's podcast. I'm going to go ahead and read from the back of the record jacket because there is some very insightful as well as concise thoughts on this recording, and I think it's a great place to start. I'll follow up with some of my own uh, thoughts as I finish. The Concierto Madrigal was written for members of the celebrated family of guitarists, Los Romeros. The work was completed in 1968 and received its first performance in Los Angeles in 1970 with Pepe and Ángel Romero as soloists. It is entitled Concierto Madrigal because it is based on an anonymous Renaissance madrigal, Felice Ojo Mio," Happy Eyes of Mine. The prominent melody from this madrigal, which is announced by the flute in the second movement, is treated in variation style usually in a Spanish song or dance form in 10 short movements or episodes rather than in the usual three movements of the classical concerto the composer Rodrigo writes this concerto frees itself from the more usual architecture and despite the established dialogue and the concertate style of writing adopted tends towards the suite although the element which sustains it is the variation Each of the variations or episodes is indicated by the title, which gives a clue to its atmosphere or scenario, a delicate poetic sketching, which imbues the whole score. At times, because of the origin of the theme, the episodes have a modal or archaic character. At other times, the melody, which acts as a thread through the whole work, is permeated by a much more popular feeling. I think that's really fun to hear from the composer, in in their own right, whenever, whenever we hear commentary about the work, because we know that that's, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's not some sort of interpretation. And so, so I think that's kind of fun. My, my general things, when we start off with this recording, I look at the record jacket. If you look at the cover art on the front of this episode, you see sort of an antiquated, uh, beautifully uh, made instrument with a bunch of with a bunch of the purfling and such as is, is just so artfully made and those are not what the the Romero boys are playing on of course but it is it is a gorgeous thing to look at um, when you when you turn over the record here we see all the different movements and they talked about you know 10 short movements or episodes in this and I'll just read them off here we start with the fanfare we hear that really really loud as it happens then we have the madrigal the Entrada Uh, And then several different titles for the fourth episode, Pastorito, uh, Tuque Vien, Pastorico, Tuque Vas. And I am butchering that Spanish, but that's on the order of what they want. Then we have a Jiradilla, a Pastoral, a Fandango, an arieta, a Zapateado, and then Cache a la Española. And so we hear all these different episodes, these episodic things that happen back and forth. Uh, what I want to go ahead and throw out there is that I know that I once again I had to slow this record down I'm I'm to about uh, almost two and a half percent slower uh, again I, I had the power tested here at the house and and we're not we're not running hot so I think a lot of these records are just sort of made to spin fast it's interesting I did tune it to concert D uh, so in any case you'll hear that in the actual pitch of uh, what the score is uh, was related, and you just hear some fabulous playing i think I think you 're really in for a treat there 's some very intricate and very intense lines that are doubled by the brothers Romero uh, in here and and my goodness uh, if you can if you can wait till the very end you 'll hear a very familiar theme if you know some of the other. Uh, work by Rodrigo and perhaps probably the one that's that's the most famous uh, by the composer Uh, I'll save that and we'll talk about that after side one so uh, so here is side one of music of Rodrigo once again we have Pepe and Angel Romero Uh, the orchestra that is accompanying these fellows is the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields conducted by Sir Neville Mariner enjoy side one Thank you. I do hope that you recognized the beginning quote of the Concierto de Aranjuez in the final movement of what we just heard. And that happened. It wasn't an exact quotation, but it was certainly very close. And so that was the treat that I was alluding to prior to side one. It is my sincere hope that you enjoyed that first side of lovely guitar music written by joaquin rodrigo in my opinion the concierto madrigal is is not done as often as it probably should be it's a wonderful piece um there's probably several reasons for that one i would say primarily you would need to have not only one virtuosa guitarist but two to pull to pull it off um that That's a lot of it. And I know there are some finicky things about how some of the Rodrigo pieces are, are performed. There are certain uh, hoops that orchestras have to jump through and things like that. But in any case, it's a beautiful work, and it's just a treasure to hear these two uh, play it recorded in 1975. Rodrigo was still living up until the year 1999, but it is still kind of fun to look at these older recordings and to not see the death date of the composer on here. So so in any case, probably not going to have too many LPs that would have a death date for uh, Joaquin Rodrigo, but in any case, uh, it has been quite some time since Rodrigo himself has has passed. And so what a what an absolute uh, genius in terms of uh, the compositional style. Uh, those of you who may not know, Rodrigo uh, did not have sight, and so he was he was blind, and was also not a guitar player. And so so there's there's a couple of things right there that just you know a lot of a lot of the guitar composers were were actually guitarists themselves, and among some others like Benjamin Britten, Rodrigo was certainly somebody who was able to write. books Brilliantly for the instrument, but not know how to play the guitar uh, themselves. We'll go ahead and listen to the Inchipet about the second side. It's got some wonderful things, and then again, I'll follow suit and give some of my own commentary before we go ahead and listen to side two. The Fantasia para un Gentil Hombre was written in 1954 at the suggestion of Andres Segovia, to whom it is dedicated, and who gave the first performance in March 1958 in San Francisco. The thematic material for the work is largely borrowed from Gaspar Sands, the 17th century guitarist of Philip IV. The years between reigns of Philip III and Philip IV saw a great change in musical taste. It was greatly influenced by popular trends and became rather vulgarized. The works which Sands wrote, some which were published in 1697, reflect the trends of the time. Yet, as a guitarist, he managed to raise the instrument again to the level of nobility which it had forfeited with the change in taste. The pieces are on the whole short, simple, and easygoing, and the relatively insignificant musical content would be completely debased unless handled with great delicacy. This, Rodrigo has done, and has fully achieved his stated intention. Quote, my aim was that if Gaspar Sands was to hear my work, he would exclaim, that is not exactly me, but I can find myself in it, quote. Each section of the work is based on a dance popular at the time of Sans. The first is a defiant villano, which develops in a monothematic manner within the melodic framework common at the time and leads to a richer carré which the composer has completed from a rough sketch by Sans. The second movement in the Tempo of Españoleta is a curious episode dealt with in the manner of a trio. It is based on the Toque de la Caballeria de Napole, included among Sanz's published works together with the Toque's fanfares for the Ren and Re de Francia. In Sanz's time, there were close political and artistic links between Spain and the Kingdom of Naples and Sicily. The Españoleta has, for instance, much in common with the Siciliano. The Danza de las Hachas, the torch dance, is a lively allegro con brio and draws from the folk traditions of the time. Its vital energy allows a virtuosic duel between the guitar and orchestra. The finale, Allegro Manontropo, is based on the Canario, a dance full of lusty illusions which possibly had its origins in the tropics. A small orchestra is used comprising strings, piccolo, flute, oboe, clarinet, bassoon, and trumpet, and the work is given a present-day flavor by the use of bittersweet harmonies. Young people listening out there, please make sure to read the liner notes of recordings whenever they're present. You can learn so very much from that. I remember that being passed along to me from my teachers at Simpson College as well as at the University of Missouri Kansas City it's just phenomenal what you could learn from these uh, picking up little nuggets along the way about some of your favorite composers and favorite pieces I'll make a little bit of commentary about the playing that we're going to hear on this second side it was also present in the first side, but I don't, I don't, I'm not as familiar the Concierto Madrigal as I am the Fantasia para Un Gentil Hombre. And so my commentary is going to apply mostly to the second side. And, and that's, that's this. I absolutely love the playing of all the Romeros the entire gaggle of them i think that they can play so wonderfully the feel is so beautiful and it's there if you are a listener to this podcast of from any time you've probably heard me go on at length um about about noches de españa that was my that was my sort of intro to the world of classical guitar and that is just an amazing record by pepe romero I heard it on CD the first time. I'm just saying that because this is an LP show. But in any case, the vigor and the virtuosity that's there with the Romeros, it's just amazing. What I'm going to say here is this. I don't know why in the second portion, in the second side, when we hear the Fantasia Paru un Gentil Hombre, which is, which is a piece that everyone who is a major guitarist does, everyone there are some choices made in there by Pepe that I I'm not really understanding why and I'll, I'll let you sort of listen and be the judge for yourself for me, I'm not sure that some of the slidey different little interpretive things that are done are necessarily called for I think I think that Pepe probably was doing that to be original to be to make it sound like his own but i tell you what he doesn't need to do that you can tell it's pepe romero the second you hear it you can tell the very quick attack on that string and the brilliance and tone and all those sorts of things and in this recording this specific recording from 1975 i don't i would not listen to this version of pepe playing the Fantasia Paro Ungente on purpose again, I don't think. it's it's To me, that's not where I like his playing. But, my goodness, he's Pepe Romero. He can do whatever he wants. He did there in 1975. Uh, as I stated, somewhere on this program, I'm doing this recording today on my 47th birthday. I was born in 1976. This recording is over 47 years old, so whatever. <laughs> but I'm just saying I just don't know if I possess that much talent and that much ability on the guitar. I think I would just let the music do the talking, but that's me. That's me, and you can sort of be the judge of that for yourself. Now, in no way, please don't misunderstand me. Am I knocking uh, the recording? Am I knocking the playing of either Angel or Pepe Romero? It's amazing, and it's an inspiration. I, I hear great players like that. And I say, Oh, I got to get to work. I got, got to go practice. And, uh, anyway, so that's just my two cents on this recording. I think it's wonderful. It's so glad to be back sharing episodes with you. Hopefully this will be a trend that we can roll out more episodes on a much quicker basis. Lots of things have been going on in my personal life since april of 2023 and now we're into mid-june and and hopefully some things have died down and we'll be able to crank out some more episodes this summer thank you so much for listening to the classical guitar lps podcasts and i hope you enjoy side two see you around